Welcome to Dragon Talk, everybody. We Woo! are very excited. Rowdy, for, rowdy crowd. I know they are. They're like throwing things. Oh my uh, god! Must all, somebody all nice somebody things. got into the eggnog early. <laughs> I put eggnog in my smoothie that I'm drinking right now. Actually, are you serious? Yeah. An eggnog smoothie? I know, right? There's fruit. There's everything in there, but there's like a little hint of uh, nutmeg. Oh, see, you're an. Yeah, I'm glad that you're an eggnogger. I am. I think it's delicious. <laughs> an eggnogger. <laughs> Is yep. that what they call us? That's what I call you. <laughs> we just started a new podcast of uh, egg eggies, eggnog egg aficionados. Yeah, it's um, mm, it is eggnog season. It is. I'm gonna have to dump a little of that in my coffee in the morning. I got some lactose free eggnog, so it's even better. Wow, really? I know. And then you put the fruit in there and grind it up into smoothie type things. It's the only way my kids will eat, you know, fruit and vegetables. It's fantastic. I'm surprised that they even will do a smoothie. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're like, it wasn't good. I'm like, well, it's the exact same stuff I used last time. So Discerning taste. <laughs> My kid um, gags like to the point where it's just not worth having yogurt around him. Like he'll just <laughs> smell it and he's just like, ah, ah, I'm just like, Fuck, you know what? We'll just go outside. <laughs> like, I'm just not even going to deal with you. <laughs> That'll be the but health. He, but he loves those gogurt things. Which is mostly just like sugar with like but a little bit of milk. But it's also yogurt, isn't it? There's some, yeah. There's some. <laughs> There's. Why do you think they called it gogurt so they didn't have to actually I mean, say it was yogurt? You know, that's just that's. The, I I just can't have this argument anymore. Like, okay, fine, you don't like yogurt. You hate yogurt. It's disgusting. Yeah. But so gogurt's not really yogurt. Okay, whatever. Just deal with it and have Let's some deliciousness it. in your mouth. You hate tomatoes, but you love salsa. You hate. Mashed potatoes, but you love a French fry. Like, whatever. Come on. Right. People. French fries are delicious, though. Who doesn't like French fries? But who doesn't like mashed potatoes? <laughs> right. He, wait, he doesn't like mashed out. potatoes? No. What? Or he, he doesn't know because he refuses to try them. But. I made a delicious uh, mashed potatoes with gravy uh, that was the bomb. It was very good. For Thanksgiving? No, it was uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. We made a, we made a chicken and roasted it, and then got all the drippings together for the gravy. It was like the first time I made a pretty good gravy from from good that gravy. Good gravy. <laughs> well, what? Why? What made your mashed potatoes so special? They were red potatoes that, mm. uh, and then tons of garlic and salt and butter in them. So, yep, you know, that's, that's pretty much all you need. That's all you need. Mm, yeah. I love a good red potato. I know. Now I want to go eat right now. <laughs> I yeah. feel like the tis the season for uh, making very delicious things, uh, as well as talking to amazing people about yes. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we are very excited about this podcast episode because we talked to another podcast, Three Black Halflings, with Jasper William Cotwright, Lu Yonda Yunadi, Louis Niawo. I said it better when I introduced her during yeah, the, uh, you, you the interview. Uh, and Jeremy Cobb, uh, who you have had on yeah. a How to DM segment, right? Yes, I got a little preview. Um, and if you haven't heard their podcast, hopefully after hearing this interview, you will definitely tune in and follow them because it is the most jovial podcast. They're just three wonderful, delightful people talking about D&D. Yeah. It's great. From, uh, from the UK. 
uh, or at least, you know, location-wise, they're from the UK, and they, you know, we hear a lot about uh, play, you know, D&D play podcasts, you know, people who are playing Dungeons & Dragons and recording those adventures and disseminating them, but I love that they are, uh, you know, in, in some ways similar to Dragon Talk in that they talk about D&D and the experience and how they have gotten into it in the last few years. Yep. Which They're is great. fun times. I and want it's only more. been a few years. I know. That's what's so That's, great about all the guests that we've been yeah. having recently is that it is, you can definitely see this, this uptick of people from all walks of life jumping into and playing Dungeons and Dragons together. And I am here for it. Me too. I just love how people just, they get into it and they get into it quickly and passionately and enthusiastically. And then they just give us another platform to listen to people talk about it on. Yeah, and it's become my favorite uh, genre. It's people talking about their D&D characters and how they enjoy making them and playing together. And with all that's going on in the world, with us being mostly confined to our own spaces, you know, these type of conversations that happen online as well as uh, through the framework of Dungeons & Dragons are vitally important. Yes. Vitally. Vitally. Well, that interview is coming up, um, but we wanted to let you know about some fun stuff that's happening with Dungeons & Dragons, including some fun holiday games that you can watch right now, also from the UK. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. What can you you tell us about those, Shelley? So um, we started, actually, um, on the 27th of November. There was a wonderful uh, holiday-themed D&D game with our uh, friends from the UK. There, uh, I believe that one is the... um, uh, Paul Foxcroft is the d- the dungeon master, and um, with some wonderful uh, UK celebrities, and very very funny that you can find on our YouTube channel now. You can go ahead and just watch it at, at your leisure. And then um, December fourth, we have Comic Relief playing D anD D again for the second time. Also, mm. one for a wonderful cause, but that is going to be a delightful fun um, game and that one's going to be played live so who knows who knows what's going to happen there and then the following friday on the 11th that's actually a very busy fun weekend if you are interested in watching very talented clever people playing DD, you're in luck because we have another um, group of uk celebrities playing on december 11th and on december 12th the group from acquisitions inc joins Jeremy Crawford for a fun holiday romp. I, I don't want to give too much away, but I know some things. I know, right? There's the, the plot of these adventures is all, uh, I wouldn't say they're related, but they're all on the same theme, which I enjoy. I agree. Yeah. So uh, please watch those. Um, it's just a great, funny thing to, to do, gather around with the family, like people did back in the days of yore around the radio and you right. know, listened to Christmas stories. Um, you might, you know, I, I, no guarantees. Some of them are family friendly and we do make a note of that on the, on the D&D website. Nice. No, no guarantees on the, the acting games. <laughs> we, I don't know. Like we usually, we usually say PG-13 on those, but um, I think it could be a fun way to, you know, hang out, yeah. kill some time with the family. And you know what I love about this uh, whole um, schedule of D&D games played in, you know, November and December here is it just reminds me of, you know, being a 
Anglophile and, and, and watching a lot of BBC television and they had their holiday specials. You know, it was like this mm-hmm. kind of thing. They would do, you know, a season and then they would have a, a holiday special uh, coming out. And that's what these feel like to me is, is everybody loves a lot of the Dungeons and Dragons content that you're watching all throughout the year. But this is the one that's, you know, a little bit special uh, with, with certain themes and it just feels very similar to, uh, you know, watching like the Doctor Who holiday specials or the office holiday specials and stuff that I yeah. uh, remember from your oh. and of course it came from from Dan Barrett we want to give a shout out to him uh, yep. in the UK office this was this was a lot of um, his work in putting these together especially on the UK side yep absolutely so, so um, yeah three great uh, UK games there and we were like well we want to take part in this too right. so, so we'll we have go. some we'll have some <laughs> Americans uh, yes. do some acquisitions and incorporating uh, for the holidays yes. with uh, yes. and yeah you know it's always great to see Jeremy Crawford uh, Dungeon Master but I love that cast as well oh fun yeah yes. uh, I think there's uh, Holly Conrad is playing as Strix and Anna Prosser returning yes uh, as Evelyn WWE superstar Xavier Woods is going to be there. And then, of course, Mike and Jerry, uh, who have been with Ack Inc. from the beginning. Um, and I also want to give a little small shout-out, I don't know if we can, to uh, Alyssa Grant, who won a fantastic award, uh, uh, 30 Under 30, from Forbes for, oh God, uh, awesome. for gaming uh, in that category. So shout-out to Alyssa. She did a great job as a producer on the D&D team, and she's done an even fantastic more... Uh, amazing job as the producer behind Acquisitions Incorporated. So kudos to awesome. Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Alyssa. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. Man, did you get a 30 under 30 award when you were... Uh, oh, oh, wait, I never mind. I guess several. next year you oh, can get it still. Yeah, I'm not... I mean, I, I, still, have, I still have several years. Come on. <laughs> still eligible. God. <laughs> I'm going to be on Forbes' list of... People are still, you're still working? Oh my God. <laughs> How old are you? I'm going to get the 70 under 70 list. Uh, <laughs> See, the, the good thing about these lists in theory is that we have more, the older we get, that just opens up more opportunity to is. be on the list. <laughs> By the time we're 80, we'll have 80 shots at it. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's just math. It's just math, people. Yeah. Get your open number lines out and figure out the math. Oh, exactly. Second grade humor. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, choose what strategy works for you. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I know. What if, but the strategy that works for me is either <laughs> Google it, ask Alexa, or... Just ask your teacher. <laughs> <laughs> or like, how many glasses of wine is in this box? Oh, my hmm, God. Let's find that out. I can, that I can tell you. If mommy <laughs> drinks two bottles of wine... <laughs> How many more boxes? How many boxes does Drizzly have to bring to get mommy through the weekend? <laughs> and to understand this math, <laughs> it uh, it's sad but true. Uh, the box wine, I prefer it, but there is something even ter- more terrible about like when it goes, you know, uh, dry after like a day, and you're like, oh wait a second, this was supposed to be like four bottles of wine. What, what I happened? We'll tell you. Like, I sometimes think, can I go lower? Then, like squeezing out the last drops of my wine out of that little tinfoily bag, <laughs> I like have had moments. I'm like, nobody can see me do this. Is this, is this rock bottom? <laughs> have I hit? Have I finally hit rock bottom? Is that oh. why this bag is empty? Because I have fallen so far from grace. 
onto I, this little tinfoily bag that was once filled with rosé. I've been there with you, Shelley, in I spirit. Mean, yeah, it's just, it, I like to think of it as a metaphor. It's like just squeezing all the joy you can out of <laughs> life. <laughs> Carpe diem. I think, uh, yeah, that was Yates, right? Where you got to uh, suck all the wine out of the wine bag. Yeah. That's, that's, the poem. Uh, yeah. that's how the poem goes. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to waste. <laughs> that would be wrong. And, and insulting in a to a lot of people. I know, yeah. right? Um, well, I know a lot of people who have been excited about uh, getting the last drop of creativity out of Tasha's Cauldron of Everything uh, yeah. over the last few weeks since it's been out. Um, those of you in the UK and uh, around the world uh, are now able to jump into it with a plum. Um, it's been very exciting seeing everybody's reactions to the uh, all of the material, including the you know the subclasses, the uh, group patrons, the mystical areas of effect, uh, the puzzles. One of my favorite sections, um, but of course the subclasses are like the hugest thing. And I spoke to Adam Lee on uh, the D&D team for some Laurie Chanel on some of those subclasses. So let's give a listen and uh, see if you can get some creativity uh, around the lore of these subclasses, the uh, Ranger Fey Wanderer and the Druid Circle of Stars. And after that, we will check in with our interview of Three Black Halflings podcast. But for now, some lore. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and today I'm joined by Adam Lee. Hi, Adam. Hello. How is it going on this very spooky day, apparently? It is. A sp- yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm in the, the Lost Caverns here. As you can see, my background, and we're, we're fighting. <laughs> yeah, the Bahir, so we're in trouble. We are. We are <laughs> in trouble. We're not prepared for such a, a monster. But well, we have some awesome subclasses uh, in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything that might be able to help us in the uh, in the fight. Um, we're going to talk about two of them today: the Druid Circle of Stars subclass, as well as the Rangers Fey Wanderer, uh, and yeah. talk about the lore and kind of you know what kind of characters you can create with these subclasses in Tasha's. Uh, so, Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Circle of Stars and what that's all about? Yeah, the Druid Circle of Stars kind of came from, um, you know, the inspiration of, like, megaliths and these uh, these druids that have, throughout the ages, tried to keep uh, the sacred knowledge alive. And one of the ways they did that was um, they, they noticed patterns in the sky with the stars. Mm-hmm. And so those star patterns had some magical power. And so they encoded their magical powers into those patterns. And then they also took those and then they encoded it into uh, megalithic sites. So, and the reason they did that was because, you know, as say a place like Toral or the Faerun, you know, these, these areas where there was, a lot of magical like cataclysms over the centuries and eons, um, the world would be reshaped, whether it was by big monsters like the dragon giant wars 
or whether it was wizard battles that blew craters into the side of the, you know, into mountains and all that, or if it was some other natural phenomenon or a war between the gods tore the planet's surface apart. So the Druids, um, you know, knew that these things happened from time to time, that, that these wars and battles were cyclical and that they, to, to sort of store all their knowledge, they had to either encode it in the sky, which seemed to never change, or they had to encode it into the ground, into the earth, into some massive structure that could withstand like a great flood or a wizard's battle or something like that. So, so these, these druids, um, the subclass itself, uh, actually the druid can embody, um, it can use constellation, the power of the constellations. And the, kind of the cool thing is that you can sort of say if there's a constellation of the chalice, the druid can all of a sudden then bring that constellation into his or her body. And then the body shows up as like a constellation, like there are lines of energy um, that kind of follow the arm. And then it, like the joints are like stars. And so it's kind of this cool visual. Um, but then that, that constellation itself gives that druid an ability or a magical power to, to like heal or to um, defend themselves with a shield. So so it was a way of saying, like, you see the constellation of the shield in the sky, but it means more than that. It, that a druid of the circle of stars can actually say, hey, I can take that shield constellation and now use it to shield my body magically. So um, they can also, um, you know, in, in the megaliths, they they have this, this knowledge encoded as well. So, um, and it, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, also mirrored in our own, you know, sort of world. Like, why did why did people build these massive ancient sites and these big megaliths? It was like, well, you know, there were a lot of, uh, you know, sort of through oral history, there were a lot of these tales about great floods and about cataclysms, and so these ancient people wanted to make sure that their knowledge or that even just the evidence that they existed um, carried on. So. That was kind of the sort of, you know, inspiration behind creating the Druid of the Circle of Stars. So. That's pretty fantastic. I love the connection to our own history. You know, I think Stonehenge and megalithic sites like that fascinate us because at one point you're thinking that they're just crude stone sculptures, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't until scientists and archaeologists and anthropologists started to realize that they aligned to star patterns and a calendar that you realize that these, you know, ancient peoples actually had a pretty sophisticated knowledge of the heavens and what they meant. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, you know, the, the Aztecs, uh, the Mayan calendar, like their mathematics was just so phenomenal and was, you know, some say that it's better for calculating, you know, great distances of time better than, sort of our early mathematics was. And so, you know, there's all this ancient sort of knowledge that's lost. Well, these druids, um, I think in, if somebody's playing one of these characters, I think using that inspiration to build your character and say that, you know, my druid is a part of a, an ancient lineage and it could go back, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. And that, Maybe some of that knowledge is lost, but there's one key message that, and I think as a DM, you can, you, you know, having a player who's running one of those characters, it's great because then you get to, 
you know, have maybe a secret come through, like the adventuring party wanders through the forest and they stumble on an old moss-covered, like, site. And as they clear it away, they realize, like, oh my gosh, this is an ancient stone circle. And the character who's the, the druid of the Circle of the Stars can then sort of read into it and say, oh, I, you know, I understand this stuff. And it's pointing in a direction. It's pointing in a, in a, in a lost direction. And this is, this is a key to a missing part of my, my order. And, uh, and there you go. You've got your adventure right there. And it can be uh, as small, it, 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 like you just follow it and you find a, an old tomb of, a, of a, an ancient, you know, a wise druid that's been buried with like ancient knowledge. Mm-hmm. Or it can just be as small as that like a one-off or it could be this massive epic that it goes across worlds and it goes to other planes of existence because these stone circles might not necessarily just show sort of linear dimension. It could go into three dimensions or it could go into hyper dimensions where this stone circle will point to some place on like uh, Elysium, you know, <laughs> like it's like it's, it's going to another plane of existence. And right it might take a druid some time to kind of process that out. But, you know, it's like that cool, um, what was the movie was that it was like contact. Yeah. And, you know, they take it and they're like looking at it and they're like, Oh, this is all three dimensions. It's not a two dimensional thing. And, you know, this, this star map is pointing into another, another, uh, you know, another galaxy. So and all it takes is another perspective to kind of, uh, bring that to light and that character the circle of spores a star's druid could could be that new perspective yeah yeah if a dm saying you know like how do i get my my players from Faerun to um you know planescape or how do i get my 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 characters from Faerun to um you know the mount celestia you know it's like okay you know if they've got a druid of the circle of stars in the party it's like that character can be now a key uh, and it, you know, would give that character, you know, sort of like a main sort of like pillar of the story to to serve as, you know, they're unlocking this great grand uh, mystery. Um, talk a little bit about the star map and how that figures into all this as a as a physical object, but also something that can, you know, uh, help your character. Yeah, so the star map's kind of like a, it acts as a druid's focus, and then they can use that um, to cast spells and to, you know, you know, sort of like, you know, get their, you know, power, or it can also, the DM can use it to um, sort of, like, the, you know, they've got their spell focus and all that, but then the DM's like, oh, but your, your star map, actually, it's, you know, you know, it could have another another magical property to it. So if it's a if it's a paper map, they could put it up onto overlay it onto something else and then everything lines up. And when it does, then it unlocks a door. Or if it's like the star map's like a crystal or something, or you know, then they could put it in as a key. Um oh, but cool. yeah, that 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 star map sort of helps the helps the druid sort of access their spells and access their power. Yeah. And it can be a you know a, a focus for their spells, but also just a focal point for their their knowledge, right? Like this is this is the the codex of the stars, uh, you know, of of what they 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 know so much about the constellations, and it's all in this physical object. It also strikes me that it's a great tool for dungeon masters to world build if your player chooses the circle of stars just because they think it's cool or because they want to delve into some of this this lore. Um, dungeon masters can use it as a way to kind of expand their their world building, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the fun thing about like, is like, um, you know, 
they're the they're these powers from the constellations. So um, you know, I think in the book you've got like the chalice and let's see what else. Um, I've got the the archer here, so. and the dragon. Yeah, yeah, the archer and the dragon. So it's like these these are you know cool spells and or uh, cool constellations that you can use in images. But um, let's say the DM wants to make up their own, and yeah. that's one of the things I love about this subclass is that it. It builds in, and it's kind of the same with the. Um, there's a there's another subclass in here called the the Rune Knight. Um, it, it allows the DM to. Uh, I can now build stuff into that subclass. Like I can build a bunch of different um, cool new uh, like constellations that have different powers and that are themed to my adventure. So if my adventure is about, um, you're going into uh, you know like like. Let's say you're you're taking a trip into Celestia, and then there's this sort of um, there's the you you go there and you see a whole different set of constellations on Mount Celestia, and you can look up in the sky and you can see like the Solar or the Kirin or um, the Coatl, and you're like, oh crap, can I access those constellations and what do they do? And so as a DM and you know as a world builder, you can say. All right, now I get to write in what what are these celestial powers that you get um, when you access those constellations, and I think that's a lot of fun. It's um, and it and it can be like a quest thing for for a character who's a druid. Um, like, hey, if you go to this area, there are all these other constellations that will give you new powers. And so, if you go to another realm, it's like kind of if you're on the Northern hemisphere, you see all the constellations that we see, yeah. but if you go to the Southern hemisphere, you see like the Southern cross and other constellations that we never see. It's like, Oh, the, well, the Druid would do that and would now gain all these different powers. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. See, I was yeah. thinking about the, it, it's a bit of a trope in fantasy where you go to a new place and you're like, I don't recognize these stars, like these stars, yeah. like it's, it's, that's more jarring sometimes than, you know, meeting different people or have, eating different foods or all that stuff. You're just like, look, I'm in a completely different place because I'm not familiar with these constellations. Uh, I could be on a, as I said, another plane of existence or a whole other mm -hmm. world. Um, and so that might be a nice act two for, uh, you know, levels 10 and up for your, for your circle of stars druid is now they have to find out what the powers and stories yeah. are for all these new constellations. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that would be, you know, a really interesting thing. Like, um, you know, that's, and that's the thing. Like, I think being um, a DM that gets into that on that level, like for each of your players that has chosen a class, um, they're choosing that class for, you know, their own reasons. And to then fulfill, um, like, that, that player's, like ultimate joy, which is like, now we're going to make your class really matter in the adventure, you know, yeah. that let's say maybe to go to a different plane of existence and now they don't have access. I mean, I don't think we state in the book that if you don't see the constellation in the sky, you lose that ability. I think once the constellations on your star map and you have that focus, then you can, you can actually embody that constellation. But yeah. let's say for instance, you lose your star map and can you then still use that? So then how do you, you know, if you're in another location and you have all these other new constellations, like then you've got to kind of pick out the patterns and make that pattern or go to somebody who is like an astronomer and you kind of go to a temple and you find this astronomer and the astronomer is going to tell you 
all about the different constellations and their powers. And then you sort of somehow draw a new star map. And, uh, you know, now you've got access to this whole new suite of cool um, constellation powers, which is, you know, super fun. I love that. I love um, that I as, think, as game designers, basically this book is a jumping off point into designing more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, try your own hand at it, which is, I think is, is a, yeah, it's a really cool thing about this, this subclass. And I think also the Rune Knight where, you know, this, this fighter subclass has access to all these, you know, runes of power. Now you can use that in like your giant adventure. Like you're going to play Storm King's Thunder. It's all has all the giant runes and stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, we've given you a few in the in, in Tasha's mm-hmm. about like what those runes do. But man, there are so many runes in D D. <laughs> like yeah. there's just so many. And then awesome like real world runes that you can play with, like whatever you want to do and whatever those runes mean. And then, so then as you're going through and you're fighting giants, and then the, you know, you see you do a good deed for a giant, and the giant's like, I'll bestow upon you this rune, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, now I got this, now I can you know, my sword does now 2d8 more damage or something cool. Um, yeah, exactly. That, that's pretty cool. And anyway, going to another plane, as we've been talking about with the Fey Wanderer uh, mm-hmm. Ranger subclass, um, yeah. they have that ability to go to other, other worlds, right? Yeah. So the, the Fey Wanderer is a, a ranger that through some, you know, maybe they... Um, you know, took a walk. There were a regular ranger one day and they took a walk in the woods and the woods kind of got weird. And then there was a fey crossing and they kind of whoop, went through into the fey wild and, uh, and then met an arch fey and were fey touched that way. Maybe they went to, over into the fey wild and were like, you know, some fey creature offered them like an apple or a cake. And they're like, ooh, this is delicious. And they ate it and then came back and they were like, whoa, you're never supposed to eat stuff in the fey wild, man. Like, <laughs> and, and now they're, now they're, you know, having, you know, they're, it's kind of changed the way they operate. But um, because of this, the fey ranger now has these abilities um, that, uh, you know, has affected them and it makes them more sort of fey like. Like, I think they gain a lot of access to like Misty Step and and Charm, but as they as they go up in power, then they get access to like really powerful um, you know spells like um, let's see what are some of the good ones like Mislead and Dimension Door. So they can they can shift and you know do things that you know powerful Fey beings can do uh, naturally. So now so it gives them this kind of um, Fey quality to it. And as a player, depending on like how the player wants to um, sort of incorporate that into their character, they can have their character be um, like already they've experienced the Fey Wild and they're just super like unfazed by it. In mm-hmm. fact, you probably want, if you go to the Fey Wild, you want to take a Fey Wanderer Ranger with you um, because there are so many rules and so many different ways things can go wrong in the Feywild. Um, if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know how to deal with the creatures there, they can also run their character in a different way where the, they're just getting like a sense of their abilities and they're still kind of like a fish out of water, but in both worlds, which I think would be kind of a fun way to run a character. It's like they've been touched by the Fey, the Feywild, and so they, they're not really quite comfortable in the material plane. They're just, they feel weird. Everything's kind of just different. They're seeing stuff. Um, but when they go into the Feywild, they're still enough of a, an earthling like that they, they don't feel very comfortable in the Feywild as well, mm-hmm. but they're starting to learn stuff. 
And maybe like in that world, they encounter like a fae who says like, I see that you've been, you know, you've been fae touched and now come with me and I'll, and I'll show you the ways, you know, and, and you could, you could have that kind of a situation happen. Um, I like that. Um, fish out of water in both cases you know i mean those are some of my favorite characters i like to play a half elf for that reason uh it basically this yeah. this, this fey wanderer is is um half elf to a t really because of of how it's been fey touched but also of the material plane uh but my, i gotta say my favorite part of this subclass is the uh non-mechanical fey wild gifts uh, yeah. that give either fluttering butterflies or <laughs> flowers sprouting from your face or hair, um, yeah. changing of color of skin. I love those uh, very descriptive class features uh, in here. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, this is, I mean, these are like, um, all the all, pretty much all the tables in here are like little jumping off points that, you know, we put in to get your brain going of like, here's the themes of what's going on. And then, but uh, a player or a DM who's like, I've got a great idea for your, you know, your, your Fae touch character. And you kind of talk with the player and say, well, it would be cool if maybe this happened. And it means something later on in your adventure that because you have this kind of sort of Fae wild gift, but then you kind of learn why that Fae wild gift was given to you. I think that's a neat thing. I mean, and a, and a good DM can sort of hear one, get one of these and, and, and riff on it, you know, and just be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'm, I'm, now I can pull that thread and, and find something neat. Like you, you eventually meet an archfey that gave you that gift. Right. Um, and, and, a, and anything would be like a Feywild um, wanderer who, you know, doesn't necessarily know how it happened to them um, mm. as opposed to a Feywild, uh, a Feywild ranger who, who, does know how it happened to them. Like they did something and they, they met a, an archfey and they made a deal and they're like, I've got to get out of the Fae ball. I've got to get back to my family or something. And the Fae, the archfey was like, well, I'll do that to you. Um, I'll make you that I'll, you know, I'll make a door portal for you to go out, but you've got to do this thing for me. You've got to dedicate your life to, you know, to protecting the Fae wild, let's say. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing about the Feywild is that um, it's one of the other places in the multiverse where deals are made. Um, like the Nine Hells is, is one place where deals are made, um, you know, as we kind of did in Avernus, descent into Avernus. It's like devils make deals. They're they're trying to get your soul. They're trying to like, you know. But the Fey are also very... Uh in that same milieu, maybe even tricking yes. you, tricking you into a deal that you didn't know you were yeah. doing, uh, similar to the, the way devils work. And the interesting thing about the Feywild is that unlike devils who are bound by law, like you have to sign a contract, you have to do these things. The Fey don't have that. The Fey are, you know, beings of chaos. And so they're not bound by this multiversal, like, like if, if a devil breaks a contract, you know, they are now in, in breach of multiversal law and it'll either be an arch devil will come in and put the beat down on them. I'm, or, I'm a barrister of international yeah, interplanar yeah. law, multiversal yeah. law. That's what you said, multiversal. Yeah. yeah, they will come and they will do it and they'll, they'll take great relish in it. It'll be like the highlight of their day. If they <laughs> put the smack down on somebody who's broken the law. 
Or if nobody takes, you know, like everybody wants to distance themselves from it, then actually like um, a merit from, from Mechanus, like it's a, it's a giant, um, super powerful Modron, mm. that thing will, Primus will unleash that thing. And that thing will track the, the breacher of that contract down and and make them comply. It's basically like an Ed 209 or a 2000, whatever, uh, Robocop. Yeah. It will make you comply. It will just hunt you down. But, but in, in the, the Feywild, Fey- that's not the same. That's not that way, right? No, no. So, so it's kind of like, um, it, it's, it's a verbal agreement or it could be like, you know, give me a drop of your blood, you know, and, or let me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll clip a lock of your hair. And, and if you agree to it, it's, it's almost like it's a verbal agreement or a, you know, sort of like a, a agreement of an exchange. Um, but there's other weird things and it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a slippery slope. Like DMs have to make it so that players, um, you know, don't feel completely cheated by the Fae. Like if they're down there, that the deal has to be sort of obvious enough that everybody's kind of in agreement, like, okay, we're agreeing to this. Um, but technically, you know, you can actually, like, if you go into the Fae wild and let's say you eat uh, a fruit, um, a fake could be like, now you've entered into a deal with me. Yeah. Yeah. You right. ate a fruit from my orchard and anybody who does that now owes me something. And, and that could have happened like, to the Fey Wanderer character. It could have happened to their, to their ancestor too. Yeah. Right. And yes, so they might yeah, be trying this, to find that out. Yeah. This could be an ancestral inheritance. Like, you know, your ancestor made a deal and, and said, well, you know, and the face said, well, you know, you're, the the fifth generation of the fifth generation is going to be you know t- touched by me and will become you know sort of like my guardian or my champion and and now you're that one <laughs> and you've got all these great abilities but now you got to figure yeah. out how to yeah. perhaps undo this or uh, make good on the on the deal uh, and pass it on or not to to yeah. your, to your progeny yeah it's not a bad thing I mean it being a Fey wanderer is badass it's great you know yeah. you've got you got cool stuff. You you now you know things. It it's just a matter of how you want to play it as a as a player, and um, you know agreeing with your DM and saying, "Hey, I want my my Fae Wanderer to be um, completely cool, like Aragorn in the Fae Wild." Or you could play it like, "I want this to be kind of a curse. Like my character never asked for this, but these things are happening to my character, and it's transforming her into like this new sort of thing, and and she's resisting it at first. But then, like, she's like, oh, I get it. You know, I didn't have the full picture. And now you've entered into this sort of Feywild adventure where there's, you know, wars going on or there's battles between the Seelie and Unseelie, and you've got to figure it out. And, you know, the rest of your party is involved in whatever, you know, way they're involved. But the, the Fey Wanderer kind of plays a key role in being able to navigate sort of like the cultural differences in the Feywild. Mm-hmm. And also being kind of that key character in the sort of the conflict, and That's ultimately funny. discovering why they were made into a fey uh, wanderer in the first place. So, yeah, what I love a lot of fun. What I love about this discussion so far is that you know, obviously, we're talking about the subclasses of this uh, of Tasha's Collision of Everything, which has a lot of mechanics and rules and oh, so and, and bits in it. Um, but this entire conversation has been all about the story, about these subclasses and how you can uh, get it into your game. Uh, and that's fantastic. That's that's what Dungeons & Dragons is all about. And thank you so much for, for your work and all the work on the team by putting so much story and lore in 
this book that is, you know, technically a mechanical book, you know? It's, it's, yeah. it's so great to see them, yeah. them meld together. So uh, kudos to you and the team. And I'm excited for everyone who has been uh, picking up Tasha's College of Everything and jumping into these subclasses and many more, uh, which we'll get to on, uh, on future segments. So, Adam, how can people get in touch with you, perhaps ask you about um, the Circle of Stars or the Fey Wanderer? Yeah, I'm at Adam of Adventure um, on Twitters. And uh, yeah, I'm always on standby for any, any questions. And also, you know, I love to hear about how people have used these in their stories. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be questions. Just like, hey, this is a cool thing that happened in our adventure. I love hearing about that stuff because it, that's what makes me do what I do and enjoy the work that I do. So hearing about how people have used their imaginations to make these stories come to life, that's what it's about. For sure. Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to see butterflies, uh, uh, you oh, know, man. flying on your on your head because I'm pretty <laughs> sure you're a fey wanderer in, in real life. Yeah. I, I'm going to get a, a, a zoom back around that does it. Yeah. To get, to yeah. remove the bit here and put in a butterfly. All right. We're yeah, good. I will. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Adam. Thanks, Greg. Good talking, man. I could talk to Adam Lee all day, as I often say, around today. Uh, I could listen to Adam Lee and just be soothed by his dulcet tones, but also no more knowledgeable. His positivity and zen-like attitude brings yeah. me joy. It really does. Um, and you. I hope you got some cool ideas about how to play uh, those two awesome subclasses from Tasha's College of Everything out now everywhere. Yes. Now, you know, I miss Adam because well, I miss lots of people, but when, <laughs> like, he's, you know, he's, he's very tall and he's oftentimes tall. he would be standing at his desk so he could see like over everything. And whenever I would walk by anywhere near his vicinity, he would always catch my eye and like put his hand up like he was waving and just, like, he was always just, it was just like always a nice like greeting from Adam. Aww. Oh, that is very nice. Is. I do miss yeah. those kind of uh, small social interactions uh, in the office environment. So that's why I'm just going to have my Zoom uh, and or Microsoft Teams thing on all the time so people can just see me walk by. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't work. <laughs> Never mind. Just kidding. You're going to have like like an OnlyFans page for like <laughs> office people. <laughs> Watch me make copies. Oh, this like, is the safe uh, for work only fans. <laughs> Boy, do I miss being in an office. I'm going to yeah. tune into Greg and see what... Oh, look, Greg's filing. I'll oh. just watch this for a little bit. It's sweater week. He's wearing a sweater. That's so nice. <laughs> Greg's on a conference call. Let's listen in. Oh, he's doodling. Aww. <laughs> That's Greg's what I miss too. Seeing all the corner. artwork, all the artists, what they would put together, uh, you know, just on whiteboards and and stuff like that. So, yeah, one day it will return, and we will it be will. very excited. We will. Um, but I am excited about getting us uh, this conversation with all of the wonderful people from Three Black Halflings. So let's tune in and give a listen. Everyone, let us welcome Jasper, William Cartwright, Luyanda, Yunadi, Louis Nyawo, and Jeremy Cobb from Three Black Halflings. Hey, everybody. Yay! Yay! Hi. Hi. 
Very excited. I'm like, goes on like a decline. Yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Just being slowly deflated. Very representative. Remember that. over here. I feel like this interview is going to go off the rails already because this is the first time <laughs> hey, we've had three we guests it's, it's hanging from on. three different sources, uh, all five of us talking together. Uh, this is very exciting. We're breaking new ground. We are. On Dragon's Heart. Right here. So excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you. What Thank a time you so to be alive. This <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yes, here in December Obama. 2020. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, so Who we're, you know, uh, excited about... Uh, what is happening with three black halflings and uh, the audience that you guys have gathered together? When did when did you start? And uh, here I'll throw this to you, Jasper. Uh, so so uh, yeah, tell us about the forming of of, of this group. Uh, wow, like yeah, the origin story. Uh, it basically came about. Um, I think I first mentioned it to my partner who helps us produce the show. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? Like every single time me and Jeremy play, because Jeremy plays in one of my home games, um, we play uh, on like Thursdays and every single time we would finish. And because we were also running a game together at the same time, we would sit on the Zoom for like two hours or something ridiculous afterwards, constantly trying to be like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. We should go to bed now. We should go to bed. It's late, it's late, it's late. And we would always just carry on talking uh, about, um, usually about like homebrewing stuff or, or whatever it may be. And I was like, we have really sort of fun chats about um, D&D. And I was like, Do you know what, we've got time on our hands. And uh, and so I went on YouTube and was just like, uh, I was like, uh, uh, black people in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Because like, I just, just want to see what there is. And a, a, a one shot with Terry Crews came up. That was it. <laughs> and I was like, really? This, I, this can't be everything. This is everything? Uh, definitely wasn't everything. There are some fantastic content creators out there at the moment who are doing amazing stuff. But uh, it was just it was just harder to hard to find nowhere near as popular as um, you know some of the other shows, which tend to be um, more sort of white dominated. And I was like, Do you know what, this feels like there's a gap here for this kind of discussion, uh, not just necessarily the playing of it, but also just the actual discussion side where we bring up topics of things like diversity. So. I reached out to Jeremy. We recorded this like terrible session zero, session, <laughs> uh, episode zero, which had no direction. I was filming, I was recording on my phone and I kept re- forgetting I was recording on my phone. So I kept moving my phone around and like the audio <laughs> is just shocking. And so I was like, Jeremy, I think we should have another go. And I think Unati had posted on Facebook uh, about, I think it was like a 10 hour session or something that you were playing at the weekend uh, or you just finished playing. It was, it was somewhere around that, I think. And I was like, you know, Unati is like fully into D&D right now. Uh, and I just messaged and was like, hey, do you, would you be up for coming to talk to me and my friend Jeremy about D&D? We're going to record tomorrow. I know it's a bit last minute. Uh, and then so that was it. That was the first time that the three of us got on a Zoom together and just started talking. Um, and I'll never forget, we were sat that evening. We put the audio stems together and was making some food and we were playing out loud with my partner. And I remember my partner just remember like, this is actually kind of funny. Like, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't complete garbage. Like, wow. This is, like, you know, and she's, she was not, you know, she's getting sort of slowly more into D&D now because she has to, because she's producing, a, like having to produce a show. Um, Stockholm Syndrome. But yeah, she was laughing and just generally enjoying the, the, the conversation. And, um, and then, yeah, we put it, we 
got a couple episodes together, we put it out into the world, and the response has just been kind of mind-blowing. I mean, we're here. This is, like, this is wild. We've literally, <laughs> you know, we don't feel like we've been going, or, you know, we have nearly enough credits in the bank for this, uh, or, you know, a lot of the success uh, that we're having, but we are so grateful for it. And if anything, it's just really affirming, uh, affirming that there is a thirst for this kind of uh, this kind of content and this kind of dialogue. Um, and yeah. that's really nice, especially you know, with everything in, in the world in, in 2020, it's just really nice that actually um, people do want to have a conversation, do want to talk and have fun and laugh. And, um, you know, it's, that's been, yeah, it's been lovely. I don't know if that answered your question. Uh, no, that totally did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But now I want to ask you, Nadia, about, uh, was that true? Did you just finish a 20-hour session uh, when, when he messaged you no. on Facebook? Oh, <laughs> 20 hours, I think I would actually pass out. Um, <laughs> um, I think, um, I think, I, I think it was the summer and I was busy outside drying my hair extensions and just planning a session. <laughs> And I was yeah. just chilling in the garden um, with my laptop and all my. I, I buy a lot of the source books, so like I'm just surrounded usually by books. Nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, this I'm, is a I, beautiful picture I'm visualizing. You in your garden is, with your source books and your hair extensions. Yeah. The butterfly. It's like a really cool video on her Instagram. You should go and check it out. Of literally yeah. just her. Just and it's drawings. laid out with what, it's laid out it. like book extensions, books extensions. Like, <laughs> 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 He's actually ritual casting a spell. Is what's yeah right. Uh, <laughs> That's kind of what I picture. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was because uh, I I I mean lockdown happened as a thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I all of a sudden had all this time um, to start digging in more into this really super fun game. So I just did that. And I'm always on my phone. So half of my life is online. <laughs> like, that's pretty much how that works. So but did you two know each other? Like, did you know Jeremy before he reached out to you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I went to drama school with Jeremy. I went to okay. Not uh-huh. with me, with, with Jasper. With, yeah, with oh, me. sorry, oh, with no. Jasper. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, it with Jasper. Is, it's it's nine p.m. I can't <laughs> think um, yeah, I, I did go to I did go to drama school with Jasper. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's how we. Know. And then me and Jeremy did a show together. Uh, down in a little town in England called Sirencester, where uh, Jeremy actually got me into D and D. So oh, Jeremy yeah. is the reason that I got into D and D, and then. Um, and then I got sort of Unati involved. Mm. But yeah, they literally met. That the, the yeah. if you go and listen to the pilot of our it's called a very successful pilot. If you go and listen to that, that's literally the first hour of conversation that these two ever had. Wow. Yeah, and it's kind wild. of crazy because yeah. it's yeah. like, you know, we had so much fun recording that. And I remember finishing yeah. and be like, that was really fun. That's great. Yeah. It's like having a uh, um an audio uh what's the thing when you bury it under the sand and it's you pick it up twenty years later. What's that? A time, oh, a time, time capsule? capsule? Time capsule. It's an audio time okay. capsule of like, yeah. oh, this is our first meeting. Not many our people. Have that. Yeah. 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 So Jeremy, you're the reason you you brought it uh, uh, at least you know yeah. across the I pond, right? I did it all right? so that we could be here right now. That was my goal. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, knew, we're gonna stop after long. this. I played a very long game. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm never speaking to either of these people again. After this. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, but yeah, I had I had just started playing um, actually the year before. Um, in fact, we just had my anniversary. I think the very yeah. first D&D oh, game that I ever played. Yeah, thank you. I think it was October 29th, 2018 was the wow. very first D&D game that I ever played. And then I met Jasper March, I, or no, February of February, 2019. Yeah. And we played our first session, I think, in March of 2019. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, here we are now. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Pretty much. And it really um, does after, We hadn't really, I think after the show, we, you know, everybody goes their separate ways. And then Jasper had contacted me because he was like, I really want to get into DMing. And so uh, the, the character that I actually play in that game uh, is a black halfling named Dennis Colespring. And he was kind of the inspiration for why our show is called Three Black Halflings. Because at yes. the time, I was looking online for inspiration. He's a, he's a halfling monk. And I was like trying to look up cool halfling monks with afros and stuff. And I couldn't really find any art, either official or like even fan art, uh, that seemed to depict a black halfling. Um, and so I was like, what is going on here? And I was like looking for hours. And I mentioned it to Jasper at the time. Uh, and then fast forward to this year, when we're thinking of trying to like come up with a name for the show, um, Jasper's partner had actually suggested, uh, well, originally it was two black halflings. Uh, yeah, originally it was two black halflings. And then we expanded halflings. to three. Yeah. But thank God we did, because you know he's the heart and soul of the show. But <laughs> 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 we'd be nothing... Would be nothing yeah. without without. Nazi's no, back hurts from carrying the podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just essentially these two rinsing me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> rinsing her hair, rolling her eyes. She's doing specific rinsing her hair extensions that she has. this like she's made two like baby Bjorns out of her hair extensions. And we're <laughs> she carries up uh, carries us up the mountain of podcasts. Oh, the that visuals are amazing. <laughs> This is what I have yeah. to do with. It's a crafting I, I podcast like, too. I can you're tell. getting a great insight as to what normally happens on the show, which is except for the, oh, the I've beauty, heard it. The, the beauty, the beauty of this time is that I'm not the one who has to try and keep it on the rails. <laughs> uh, this, it's, it's, yeah, it's you guys. Whereas normally I'm like, oh man, we've been talking for like 30 minutes and we've not said anything. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So I mean that you is do. really you interesting. Have amazing chemistry together, it's though. True. It's so it's so fun to listen to you, and especially you know talking about some of the the deeper topics because you have a very disarming way of you know approaching them, and pe- mm. it just it's 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 a good open discussion. But and your I laughs, think, it's just always yeah, laughing, yeah, and it always makes me laugh so when I hear you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a lot of the way that we. Like literally the first conversations that we had about the show, we sort of said, you know, we're probably going to end up discussing some some deep things. And I think it was just it was never even really a question that we would just try and approach it in a way of um, uh, like airing more on like the hopeful side of just being like this is this is a positive thing. And and most of the things we try to suggest on the show on um, like we're not trying to change the game fundamentally because like we love the game. We we think you know the reason we're here is because we are huge huge fans of D and D and like TTRPGs in general. So everything we try to do is like about it's like oh this is going to help you improve the game. This is going to help you have like a better, uh, more kind of well rounded experience. And just inherently in that, it's like it's fun. We're talking about a game. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's uh, even though you touch on some sort of deeper subjects you know, as long as you keep the heart of the soul of the game going, then we're going to have a fun conversation. So um, I think that, yeah, it never really kind of, I don't know about you guys, I, I don't feel like we ever really I mean, questioned that you yeah, know, but, it would be. No. Yeah, because I also think that like, you know, there is there is room in protest for Black Joy, no? Like that's mm-hmm. also a protest, like mm-hmm. actually just living, doing mm-hmm. the things that you love with all of the passion in your heart and doing that with lots of laughter and good times mm-hmm. and sizzling. Mm-hmm. 
and vibes yeah. and you'll have a nice time you know <laughs> we're allowed to be happy as well and i think i think sometimes you forget that just merely existing sometimes and just trying to do that as positively as possible can also just can also be um a forceful change and and, and i think that's the, that's the thing that people seem to have responded to like everyone seems to just say like you know just like you said there like we just love the fact that you're just laughing all the time you know <laughs> like that's there the are thing some there are genuinely point. some episodes where i just laugh the whole time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> i didn't actually make any point <laughs> <laughs> yeah just like a halfling yeah. would too like that's like keeping yeah, exactly. that the merry yeah. uh you know and pippin kind of thing going throughout yeah. uh i love yeah. that um i also really respect that there is you know showing showing of joy you know in something and it you know i i i've you know talked to a lot of people here in america who um you know there's so many stories around uh black culture that have to do with the the misery and the awfulness that is you know very very much apparent but there is a wide breadth of humanity in every single ethnic group and it's really important to show the joy and i love that you guys are showing that too mm-hmm yeah, I, th- I think it's it's about celebration. It, yeah. At least for me, yeah. it's about celebration. I think that's the thing that's been lacking for so long is that um, it, it, whilst uh, it's it's very easy to feel hurt and aggrieved and and like wounded by a lot of things that go on in the world, um, it, like they that like that wins that like that that becomes everything if you then can't find the joy in the celebration. And it's exactly the same with with D and D. So, like, so much of it is like, if you explore other cultures, if you explore other things, and you celebrate them, and you you find joy in them, you're going to vary your game. You're going to have a a, a a really fun time. You're going to have music that doesn't always feature the loot, and that is you're a good thing. Good. That is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I think. I think it is joyful. I think it is a really joyful uh, yeah. experience and finding. I think it's. Culture. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You know, I was trailing oh. off. <laughs> uh, I was. Gonna, I was going to say. I think it's also important to recognize that D and D is a game, and the goal of the game is to have fun. So if if we can't express the if we can't bring that same sense of fun and joy that we get from playing the game itself into the podcast, and we're just sitting here complaining the whole time, uh, I wouldn't want to listen to it. Uh, at that point, and I don't know if I'd mm-hmm. want to be on it because it'd just be just be doom and gloom, and it wouldn't really reflect the, our actual feelings towards the game, which yeah. are overall very, very positive. And mm. uh, I mean, for me, especially during this year, D and D has been one of my main sources of interaction. I get to talk to people, you know, yeah. once a week virtually, but still, and get to have a really great time of collaborating and telling a story together and seeing pe- different sides of people than I would normally get to expect. And then so I'll have phone calls with people about the game afterwards. Like, can you believe when the, bu-? you know, it's just, yeah. it's great. Some of my closest friendships really have been uh, very much, well, not just forged in some cases, but very much deepened uh, through playing D&D. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely, I would say. That's yes. definitely true, as you know, you know, was saying in lockdown. Like, there's very little other things to do uh, socially, and so this is one of the, you know, unifying things that you can get together every week, or you know, maybe a couple times a week to have that touchstone and that connection. And it's become really vital for for mm-hmm. a lot of people, myself included. 
Yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm like reconnecting with people I haven't spoken to in so long. Like right? I have now like a, a group from my drama school who I haven't spoken to some of those guys like properly for like three, four years. Um, and we now like talk every week and it's just like, wow, there's so much love and support in my life that I just wasn't tapping into. And now yeah. because we have this excuse to get together and like, you know, say I'm going to lock myself in a cupboard and just sit and talk to you for a bit um then then you can and it's it's wonderful yeah. like it's genuinely wonderful yeah i've got my See, high find him the joy yeah yeah even in lockdown you guys <laughs> yeah and everybody <laughs> finally has time so yeah. 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 yeah it's amazing all of a sudden yeah. everyone's really everybody's free all the yeah. time yeah yeah, yeah. i linked well, up with my old high school mates and that's like 15 years back some of those people i haven't seen in 15 wow. years wow. um and i just ran descent into evanus with them um, uh, Avernus, sorry. Um, and it was just really, really fun. It's nice to sit down with them, and it's a unifying game, so it's a good time. That is a good time. <laughs> what do you think about you know? Obviously, you can just play the game and enjoy it, but I've I've found that D and D can be a very strong like tool for empathy and creating empathy and and putting yourself literally in another person's shoes. Yeah. Is something that I think the world in general needs more of, uh, and I, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think about how we can use this wonderful imaginary tool to to spread the idea that uh, you know just because of everything you're reading on the news or, or uh, seeing is speaking into your like little thought bubble, but you know, here if you play this game, you might be able to experience something that's outside of that 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 bubble. Hmm. Well, I think uh, on in some ways it's especially it, I think it really comes down to the group. Mm. But uh, if you have a group of people who are willing to engage with, say, um, themes or ideas that they've never considered or characters that they've never really thought about from a certain perspective, um, it can really put you in a position where you are confronted with just like issues that you never would it's it's similar to actually to the same way that like sci-fi functions mm-hmm. where a lot of the best sci-fi is social commentary that's asking questions that you might not necessarily ask in other media um and i feel like with D, because you are part of that story you can start you can start to really question uh, a lot of things that you probably wouldn't have questioned at least not from that angle and especially if you start kind of subverting the the typical D D like dynamics i think that's uh really the dungeon master especially can really have a lot of power in that like for instance mm. you know the classic mission you go and fight you go and in, go into a dungeon full of kobolds and you're gonna take the treasure and blah 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 well uh let's say that when you arrive there you go in you kill all these kobolds take a bunch of stuff but then you find that these kobolds uh you find like books that are written in draconic uh, you find kobold children uh, being like tended to by nurses, all these people. And it's like, oh, wait, oh, wait, these were all people that we killed. Wait, we just walked into a person's home and then and wait, wiped them out. Wait, mm-hmm. that so, actually just made me oh, really sad. If you choose to like make the characters people or treat them with some level of seriousness, obviously you can still have a blast 
playing the game because who knows maybe somebody's like i feel bad about that i'm gonna adopt one of these kobold kids and you guys you then are trying to raise this kobold kid who has (laughs) no basis for like your culture you have no basis for their culture and now you you as a group are kind of exploring the idea of trying to engage with somebody from another culture like that's radically different from yours trying to Mm. understand a group of people that you may have previously just assumed were all one way just stereotyped and considered that they're all evil you know they're all like little mischievous uh almost mindless cannon fodder that just do bad stuff like as soon as you start to be like oh wait maybe they're like this because uh like the they're being ruled over by dragons all the time and like they they, everybody Mm -hmm. hates kobolds and so they don't really have any opportunities for any other kind of gainful employment now obviously not every game needs to have that level of uh, depth and I guess questioning how things are going. Sometimes people just want to kill stuff. But uh, I think that if you're looking to use something like D&D as a tool for empathy, that's a really good place to start is by kind of subverting some of the established uh, narratives and hierarchies that don't just exist in D&D, but really in all of fantasy and fiction in general. Certainly it exists in video games. Uh, mm-hmm. And most, I mean, certainly Lord of the Rings um, the, the, the orcs get very little characterization in most of those books. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, it works for those books, but, um, I recently, <laughs> I recently watched, um, I recently watched the Rankin Bass or Return of the King adaptation. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. It's a like a long time ago 1980s. when I was a kid. Okay. Well, the reason I watched it is because on YouTube I saw a video of this song called Where There's a Whip, There's a Way, which is a song that the orcs sing while they're marching through Mordor. And basically the theme of the song is that none of the orcs want to go to war. None of them are interested in this conflict, but they're all being forced to by the people in charge. Uh, and it's a really catchy song. Best part of the movie. Uh, in that, in that like, In the first stanza of lines, there's more characterization for these orcs than you get in the entire Lord of the Rings, uh, like book series or film series. Mm-hmm. Um, really catchy song. Go check it out, folks, if you haven't. But um, <laughs> it's like that as an example. Like that song is really fun, but at the same time, you're like, oh wow, oh wow. Oh, Maybe wow. there's another way we can go about this. Yeah. Obviously, they there's not that opportunity for poor Sam and Frodo. But uh, <laughs> in your game, who knows? Maybe your version of Sam and Frodo. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically the end of what I was going to say. <laughs> um, uh, I would, I'd like, I'd, I'd love, I'd like to chip in. Uh, yeah, the empathy because I think even just even outside of the the actual kind of game itself, even just the players at the table, I think um, uh, there's a lot of questions as well about things like mental health at the moment and how we approach that. And I, I actually genuinely think there's times where I am connecting to my friends on a deeper level, which I don't know if we had, if our relationship was emotionally mature enough to maybe go where we're actually going as characters. Mm. I'm not mm. saying you would always do it, you know, you know absolutely not doing it intentionally. Um, uh, but it's just, a, it's just a, a byproduct of, of committing to these characters and, uh, and, and putting them in these extreme situations and extreme feelings and emotions are going to come out. And, uh, I I find that thrilling. Like I, I, that's probably one of the best parts of the game for me is 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 really feeling like I'm connecting to something and I'm and I'm I'm really invested in the in the playing of this character, and it's just going to bring out different things in me, um, which I didn't know was there or you know I didn't know was there in my friends and uh, and yeah, just 
brings us all closer together. And I think that, again, is going to reinforce that sense, your natural sense of empathy, um, mm. because you're not just going to see your friends as, you know, a, a homogenous group. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, I really know more about, like, you know, this guy or girl, or, or you know, um, this person. So, yeah, I think that was, that's probably what I would say. There's something I want to unpack with what you just said there, and I don't know... Forgive me if uh, I'm stereotyping British people, but I'm taking a lot of this from uh, a fish called Wanda, uh, where you know there's this idea, <laughs> there's this idea that you can't everything is is politeness, right? That you that you you have to you can't really get past, uh, um, and it's in America too, especially amongst guys, like where it's all small talk. You talk about sports, you don't actually talk about things that are important or emotionally important to you. Um, but that all seems to get swept away when we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, for the most part, right? Like yeah. you can really have strong emotional connections because it's not you; it's this character right. that's mm-hmm. that's interacting with this story. And I think even that is healthy for uh, for adults, you know, more than children at this point, you know. Yeah, yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's um, as for whether it's a British thing, um, <laughs> I know, like I definitely struggle with it. Like I'm, I'm so polite sometimes, and I'm sitting there like, why am I being nice to this this guy? This guy was so rude to me. Like I need to just tell him straight. Um, but no, so I think, I think more so than that is there's this like we have this fear in sort of modern society of being vulnerable, um, which I think is really sad, and I think it's one of the things that really be, being an actor has given me is the ability to be vulnerable and to just be open and honest with people uh, about where I'm at or, or, you know, what's going on or how I feel about something. And that's what I think D&D gives um, people who haven't necessarily chosen, you know, uh, to open themselves up. You know, it's just like, it's just a byproduct of playing the game, investing in the game, enjoying the game. Um, And actually being vulnerable can be such a powerful thing that will, uh, yeah, really help you to unlock some stuff, you know, that maybe you needed to, you needed to talk about and uh you know to, to to work through and and the beauty of the game is that it's structured in a way and uh is that you don't have to do it intentionally no, no one is going into dnd that as dnd session going whoo i'm gonna get some baggage off my chest <laughs> like, that's what i'm gonna do tonight like uh you know i'm gonna go in and uh, and uh, substitute this trauma i had in my life for this one in right. my character's life like that's you know that no one does that but it's it time to work happen. out my mommy issues yep. let's do it yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you're just lying but you on the can't. therapist's couch Yes. Just tell me yeah. what the kobolds did there. Like, yeah. <laughs> Where did the kobolds <laughs> go wrong? Yeah, please stop referring to every NPC as dad. Like, just, like it's, uh, we understand that's, you know, that's what your character is, but, you know, we can work through this. <laughs> Daddy, no, my good not, story, huh? Slipping oh, over like a, like a list of therapists. Like, I feel like you might need this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Your yeah. character encounters a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to spend the next uh, two hours just yeah, a, a different kind of role play. Like the shopping sessions, the uh, you know, going to town. They're all therapy. Yeah. It's all yeah. Yeah. therapy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm still thinking about um, Jasper, what you said about having the, a deeper relationship with these characters than you do mm. with the, the people themselves, maybe because those relationships mm. are relatively new. But it is true in an average D&D session, you could be, you know, jumping in front of a poison dart to save somebody in your party. 
Mm. And if that was like in real life, like I'd like to think I'm that person, <laughs> but like if yeah, I just yeah, if yeah. I just met you, like I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd like, be like, that's probably my first reaction. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like in D and I'd be like, my character probably like you have like this immediate sort mm. of connection with mm. these players because you're an adventuring party and you're going together on this mission and you just you just accept that as you know mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You just are steps ahead. And I think, I mean, not to get like too uh, philosophical, but we accept the idea that someone else is in a large way in control of the narrative. So you just accept being on the ride more than you do with life. Like like you're always trying to game Mm. it and do the best. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like in D&D, you just go with it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people find it hard. I do too. Like, you know, I, I've spoken quite openly on the show that like I, ha- I've, I have suffered and I do suffer with anxiety t- at times. And I think a lot of that is my inability to just kind of like, let's just go with the flow and see right. what, like, you know what I mean? It's so going to be okay. Dice. It's going to be fine. D&D, I'm never getting anxious in d and I'm just like, <laughs> let's go. Where are we heading next? Like, and <laughs> And actually, yeah, there's there's times where I'm like, oh, man, maybe I should just roll for this. <laughs> like in life, I'm like, maybe I should just roll for this. It'll be much easier. And then I'll know. <laughs> yeah. I got a nat 20. Sweet. I'm going to eat the pizza. Sweet. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> should I date this person? Huh? No. Yeah. Oh, Say on my oh. wisdom saving throw. Right. I'll go on a date with yeah. you. <laughs> uh, I got a nat 20 on my charisma. So I guess we're getting married. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, roll me a persuasion check with disadvantage. (laughs) (laughs) Another, another exciting thing that we're seeing is the, uh, kind of growth of D and D fandom and play happening in all, you know, parts of the world that aren't in America. Right. So, you know, uh, all of you being at least presently in the UK right now, uh, I'd love to hear maybe from you, Yunadi, about what it's like, um, you know how it might be different from when you were growing up to to now, and how D and D is becoming a little bit more, I don't know, accepted. Uh, yeah, because it seems I, like I'm feeling that from from all that I'm seeing on Twitter and whatnot that there's a, there's a large growth of people who are jumping into this game, maybe having to do with quarantine. But I don't know. What do you have to think? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I, th- I I I sort of have only been playing for about a year, um, so I can only really speak for myself. But um, yeah, I think. I think people are more open to the game. Um, I think, I think there's certain bits of media that have just made it a bit more accessible, um, and it's now associated with the, you know coolness. Um, when you're like, but when I said I loved anime in high school, and everyone teased me, now everyone's running around being a weeb, and it's not okay. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> now it's cool all of a sudden. Um, but no, 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 I kid. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the effect that's sort of um, happened is that it's kind of come into the mainstream ma- media in a, in a in a cool kind of accessible way. I think. Mm. Um, uh, speaking on the like the British scene, I don't really know. I just mainly play with these dudes, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> some of my high school and some of my high school friends and in SA. But I think it is becoming more popular even in South Africa. Um, my friends are just reporting more and more people, more and more people of color just wanting to play as well, um, which is just really exciting. And I do think Corona has something to do with it. People are bored. Mm. We have bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have nothing mm-hmm. to do. Every day, zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. We're in the same clothes. <laughs> 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 
Try on some different robes. But my but my hero is so lean, so we'll go my with that hero, version. You know, Onganagama <laughs> is buff, guys. Onganagama yeah, can yeah. deadlift a whole wildebeest. But me, I am yeah. on the fluffy side. So, <laughs> I just imagine. I'm living I want to, vicariously through my characters. Yeah. Imagine the physique. Uh, did you bet, did you say that Africa is seeing a a, a growth in, in people playing Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah, I mean, as, oh, when that's... I when I kind of um, I play a game with. Um, a friend, another friend of mine from high school as well, Debbie, and Scott, her, her friend, runs a store, a kind of like nerd store, comic book and Warhammer and D&D related store back in SA. And he's just saying that he's seeing a load of more people coming to the door and a much more diverse group of people coming in through the door as well. And, That's awesome. And the TTP, the TTP RPG community <laughs> in South Africa has been like quite large, actually. Um, I just never used to play, but it's it's pretty solid. I think it's just getting more people now. That's what's happening. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, because it's yeah, is, it is. I think uh, for a lot of people, it it didn't feel like you could just jump in and start playing, right? And even you yeah. know the three of you saying in the last year has really been this 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 growth of of jumping in and playing, and it's really gratifying to see because you know I I think as with all mediums, like anything that has a diverse background of people who are contributing ideas into it, it's just going to get better and stronger and more, um, uh, I don't know, indicative of, of humanity, right? And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love to see this growth. Yeah, I, I think, think also... Oh, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, you go, you go. Um, just one final point. I think also um, D&D can sometimes feel very overwhelming. Like when I when I speak to like people who wouldn't normally play D&D who are like interested or keen, that's always the initial feedback that I get is that it's a lot. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, here's so three books break. that you have to read. Yeah. But like, you know, when you kind of just slowly break it down for people and really just um, um, like, I think sometimes gatekeepers can really do a community a disservice. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and like stand groups, just because it, it, you kind of get the uh, um, the sensation that if you don't know all the rules, you can't play at all. Mm-hmm, like yeah. you can never play until you've buffed up and you've learned everything. And no one's got time for that. But now that it's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got a little bit more time. A little bit more time. But I mean, I think that's one of the contributing factors as well is that it can feel so overwhelming and some of the gatekeepers do make it a bit tough to kind of get in. But we're going to knock those guys out. Yeah, how would you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're busting that door down. For sure. (laughs) I mean, just by, you know, in in many parts, just by existing and being awesome and and, and contributing to it. I mean, I think that's, you know, you're doing a a wonderful job at just making sure that the door is open for people to to jump in without having to memorize every rule. I mean, it's something that Shelly and I have been talking about for years. It's like, you don't need to... Have an exhaustive. You, you need to know anything. No, I mean, do you, have you played pretend? Mm-hmm. Were you? A, did you play pretend <laughs> when you were a kid? Yeah, then, yeah. then you've played. Mm-hmm. Then you've done it. You're fine. Yeah, I think I, I usually tell people because normally I'm usually going to play with like actors or theater industry people. I describe the game as acting with dice. Like you just yeah. make up a character, you yep. say what you want to do, then you roll a die, you see if you if it happens. Yeah, and it's, it's, the DM it's, will tell you what to do. Yeah, it's it's, it's chill. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting cuz like even just... I like I have friends that like don't know anything about D&D. Like but they know there's rules. Like that is like their one <laughs> their one thing that yeah. they're just like, "Well, I, I there's a lot of rules. That's all I know." <laughs> Why does everybody just stick with like 
It, like that one thing, like, not mm. the dice, not the make believe, not the fan. Like it's all. No you get to slay dragons so. with a sword, like mm. yeah. <laughs> and there's exactly. rules yeah. around that. I guess. Exactly, yeah, you get mm. to describe exactly how that goes down, and that's really awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd love to just dive in on just on the, on the growth that we're seeing as well, just because I I feel like um, we're seeing around the world so much more of an acceptance of individualism mm. which i kind of feel like is what is D is like born out of i always imagine uh you know literally like you know said like being into like anime or like i was really into like comic books as a kid and that wasn't seen as cool and i was sort of i remember trying to like hide it away that i was doing that and i think that a lot of um people that played these kind of games is because it really gave us a sense of community and a sense of um like we were a part of something even though we felt maybe a little secluded in the sort of broader world um and so but now we're kind of accepting the fact that we can all be individuals and have a community it, we're starting to celebrate that and i think that that's exactly what makes this game so good you know you look at the the community for Dungeons and Dragons, it's so diverse. It is so diverse. Um, uh, but we just haven't tapped into it yet. Do you know what I mean? We haven't uh, said to those, uh, to all those um, uh, black or like minority fans of Critical Role, hey, you can play too. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have to just sit and watch it. Uh, you don't have to just read the source books and uh, fantasize about the world. You can play too. You can have a part of this. You can be a part of the community. There is no, there's no, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. And I think it goes back to what United was saying about gatekeepers is that it's very easy for people to unintentionally gatekeep purely by on the basis they're not be, they're not diverse. Because if you don't see yourself represented, you don't see that opportunity for yourself. And therefore, you don't think about trying. Yeah, You don't pick it up and go, oh, I'm going to give this a go. And if I suck, it doesn't matter. Or if I, you know, if I get something wrong or if I, you know, I, I accidentally roll a D6 instead of a D4, it's fine. The, you know, the, I'm, not, I'm not playing on the internet. No one's going to shout at me for doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. now we have elected to do, which is yeah. absolutely terrifying. And now every time <laughs> I go to oh, roll dice as my, as my character, I'm like, <laughs> which one is it? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then the thing that's frustrating about gatekeeping is it's usually two factors. One is you can't play, or the, the underlying assumptions is that you have to look a certain way in order to play Dungeons and Dragons, and that you have to have been playing it for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. to be a real fan. And both of those yeah. are in such conflict. It's like you're basically making it impossible, right? Because you can't jump mm-hmm. in and start playing and know and, and grow your knowledge because you have to have been doing it since, you know, going in a yeah. time oh, machine going back to 1974. in the womb? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you didn't play advanced D&D? Mm. Yeah. So you're not a real like, fan. And that's such BS because mm. A, that system sucked. Uh, nobody likes Thacko and it was not good. <laughs> Uh, and it was really hard to understand still to this day. And and so that's why when I hear that you uh, have all started playing in the last year or so, uh, that's exciting because it's like that means that you've, you've broken through in all those two assumptions, right? You're just like, I can mm-hmm. play because I choose to. And that's all that really matters. And also, I anyone who's listening to this who doesn't think that I can play because I've only been playing for like a year, let's sit down and I'll, we'll go through rules together. I will rule you off this, <laughs> like off the Zoom. 
Like I am ready. I have learned. I am like you know. I'm on this. <laughs> like let's meet. I'll build a character. You build a character. I will destroy it. Like that's that's what's gonna happen. One on one. We'll do competitive D and D. Right. Yep. You have you have yeah. just figured out how to make D and D competitive. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yeah, literally. With trivia. Uh, yeah, let's throw yes, down. Just one D and D guys. You just want. You just want it. Level up. Well, of yeah. course, we are, you know, Shelly and I are both uh, uh, former theater people, too. So there's this, I just love that the three of you also came from that that background. Uh, and it means a lot. I think there's, a, you know, this this crossover between the entertainment business uh, and uh, Dungeons and Dragons that we're seeing on all, on all kinds of levels. And, I, you know, with theater people being unable to, mm-hmm. to work your craft, at least you'll be able to, to kind of have, you know, these discussions in an audio form. And it gives us agency, right? Like we don't have to wait for a producer mm. to come and tell us we can play this character. Right. We can make the character. We can yeah. play the version of the character that we want to play. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's that's the big thing for me is agency. It's just like oh, I I get to mm. do, I get to pick this. I don't have to I don't have to ask for someone's permission to do this. Yeah, that's yeah. so can, annoying. <laughs> I can cast myself as whatever I feel like. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and it doesn't yeah. have to be racially stereotyped or yeah. any of this stuff. It's just going to be the the character that I want to play. If I want to play a version of Superman who is black, that is fine. And no, you know what I mean. That like that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I want to play that character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like a little fro, guys, like a tight fro, you know, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. and a fade, like like a fade, Ooh. like yeah, yeah. You know, like, like instead of in. mullet Superman, it's Afro Superman. <laughs> Do you know what Why I mean? Not? Like yeah. Look, look. Yeah, I'm digging it. I think yep. I think it's what what you mentioned earlier, Greg. I think the fact that earlier editions of the game were a bit more rules heavy, and also combined with that, the fact that the game was heavily associated with. I mean, it's always associated with fantasy, but fantasy was not as mainstream of a genre as it is now. Yeah. And so the people who were into fantasy were often much nerdier people who were more into numbers and facts and rules and that sort of thing. I think that is what had led to that kind of stereotype about D&D being about rules and different things. But I think in the past... I would say 10 years, but especially in the past five years with the advent of so many like popular online shows, stuff like Critical Role and uh, Dimension 20, at least for me, for me, it was Dimension 20 that got me hooked. But um, as combined with the fact that fifth edition, I think is a lot more accessible in and of itself. And plus there's online resources now. So you don't have mm-hmm. to go into a shop somewhere. Mm-hmm. I didn't live near any shop that sold D&D books. So even as a kid, I wouldn't have really been able to play. But now I can just go online, uh, either go to the Wizards of the Coast website, or uh, I usually end up using D&D Beyond uh, and buy the books from there and just have them on my computer uh, or on my mm-hmm. phone. And I think all of that has made the game a lot more accessible. And then uh, with what we were saying earlier, with the importance of representation, the fact that uh, some of the shows that are getting popular now actually have not just uh, gender diverse casts, uh, but racially diverse casts um, Mm -hmm. in all kinds of different forms of diversity. I think that also has made the game a lot more accessible to people who may not have been into it before, may have felt... Like well, I mean, if we're going back to the '80s, that they were not a white man who's like a white nerdy man, therefore it's like oh, I can't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think mm-hmm. all of that has really led to it opening up the way that it has. Uh, and for me, 
uh, I'm loving it because it feels like the game, it feels like the game is in comparison, like when I meet people who've been playing for a really long time, they their ideas about what D&D is and should be seem much narrower than the current generation of players who feel like, well, sure, we can do a high fantasy setting, but we can open it up to other settings. Or we can uh, change, you know, we can change all kinds of stuff. I mean, just look at what's upcoming with Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Like, we're even able to alter uh, racial features now. Yeah. Uh, Mm. Or at least racial ability scores, I think. Yeah. Um, Or ability bonuses. Yeah, all that stuff. The amount of, yeah, it's, uh, as Jasper said earlier, the emphasis on individualization and individual expression, I think, is, uh, is really what has led to the game spreading out the way that it has and getting so much more of a diverse fan base and player base. And I'm loving it. Gotta say. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It's like it's like every good Thank D&D you, party. Thank you, Beyond, for doing all the mats for me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing all the mats for me. That D&D hey, Beyond... Counting. It's okay. I hate counting so much. <laughs> I'm with you there. Why do I even say I hate counting I so much? I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, D&D Beyond, the day I found like an online character sheet builder and I found D&D Beyond, it was just like, it was the the, the heavens opened. Right? Yeah. The creativity can just flow hand. then. You don't have to worry don't about the math. worry about any of this? Yay! Yeah. I can do the bit I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, uh, thank you for, for being on here and, and just once again, kind of underlining that, you know, the D&D audience is like a, a good D&D party and that it's better when there are people from different backgrounds and different, you know, uh, uh, having different racial abilities and having different uh, uh, spells to cast, it's going to be a stronger party, you know? If we're all one note and all very samey and all fighters, we're all going to get, you know, killed by the dragon pretty fast. Oh, yeah, he's going to heal you. Yeah. We'll all fail our wisdom saving throws. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, that's gonna that's right. that, that 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 campaign yep. will end in three seconds. <laughs> Failed it. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but also as well, I just think it's about uh, like a lot of it. I think for us, it's just about empowering people to feel like they have uh, a stake in this community and that they have a voice in this community because I think we kind of forced our way in. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we, and like, but it takes a lot of, uh, you know, uh, um, like if, if we can have like a humble brag as, as much as it, you know, the, the response has been incredible. Like we've worked really hard to, to get it to here. We've, do you know what I mean? We've grafted and we've, you know, we've put it out there and we've, you know, we've really, um, we've put in like the time and the effort to make the show as, as high a quality as we possibly can. Um, but it also, it shouldn't be that difficult. And you do look around and, and uh, you know, the, a lot of the top people do fall into that like white male category. Uh, that's not their fault. That's, you know, it's just, that's the way that this thing has happened for a long time. And so it's just about empowering people knowing that like, Look, the more people that get involved, the more people that stake their claim in this thing, the better it will be, like we've mentioned. And then the, uh, uh, the like, yeah, the better the actual game itself will be. And then the more fun everyone will, will have. Like, everyone should play D&D. Every, every single yes. person in the world should play D&D. Every. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going like to force my mum and dad to play. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we have actually Ooh. we've actually spoken a few times. We've mentioned our parents so many times on the show that we feel like we're going to have to eventually do like a, like a, a mom's and dad's stream. <laughs> yes. and it will be. These I can imagine it being even more chaotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yes, heavy chaotic. I like that. One of only like one of two times that I've ever attempted DMing. One of them was for my parents because they had no. They just couldn't understand what D D was. And so I'm like, I'm just gonna let's just play. And they were they were hysterical. Um <laughs> my, was it fun? Did you have a good time? I did actually, but it was like my dad just never wanted to go into combat. He was just like I'm because I started him in a tavern. He's like, why would I I'm I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm happy here. <laughs> like, I'm just drinking my beer this and, is I, my and then fantasy. my mom my mom was like this crazy dwarf and she was like, I'll get him. And she just was like attacking everyone. And my dad was like, I don't like what this game is doing to her. Like, <laughs> and she was like, well, I don't like what it's doing to you. Why are you just sitting there while I'm in a fight? <laughs> but this, is, this, is, this is exactly, this okay. is exactly it. This is the beauty of this game. Yeah. How long have they spent together? Now they're discovering new And now they're realizing. My mom is realizing, yeah. like, if she like, throws a punch in a bar, my dad is not going to have her back. Like, that's just <laughs> that is a fact. Is this what they mean by spicing up a relationship with role play? Is this, is this what they <laughs> They may have had, I maybe gave them the wrong impression about role playing. I don't know. It's a different kind of dungeon. And it's why they wanted kind. to do yeah. that with their daughter, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've, we've all learned something, I think. <laughs> I just got, I, I got to say that I, I just had this like fantastic image of this dwarf just going absolutely wild, like attacking things. And then just this like, just this like human like guy. He was a pirate. A stein, he he a, insisted a on being a pirate. Like, in the back. Just, <laughs> yep. Ooh, you, you got this. You got it. Just keep going. Down. <laughs> keep it down over yeah. there. <laughs> yeah and she like for some reason she wanted to be a dwarf like that was and then she I, she was reading her, her description she was like i'm really short i'm stocky well this isn't fantasy like this is me in real life <laughs> she was like, she's like can i be six feet tall and blonde I'm like sure okay sure. he's a pirate a you can be a six dwarf. foot tall blonde dwarf okay cool. yeah fine cool. <laughs> A dwarf with gigantism. Just, yeah. 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 just looks like a regular crazy. human. Yep. And an, and yeah. an anger yeah. issue. And gets like really offended. Like, no, no, I am a don't how how dare I am a dwarf. Can you tell him? <laughs> like, how dare you? How dare you? Yes. Amazing. Representation matters. It does. Yeah. Well, it now matters. I want to hear a report of you playing with your fa- uh, parents and this. see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll have to introduce them to our to our main campaign. Like, get them in for like a guest <laughs> on a come in as spirits or something. I mean, <laughs> certainly. I cannot, I cannot have they have they listened life. to your podcast? Like, what I, I'm always just curious. Like, what like how do you uh, describe Unati's, to them what you're doing? Unati's, both of Unati's parents are patrons of our show. Like individually, <laughs> yeah. they both signed up. It's amazing. I love like, that. Listens all the time, and then she'll give me critiques and <sighs> advice and notes. <laughs> Mm, she's ready for D and D. Like, mm, um, I don't know what you are talking about, but maybe if you just laugh a little bit less, you're very loud. <laughs> that's my favorite part of that. My favorite part of the show is your laugh. <laughs> I'm just like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that's mom, literally the is our brand. <laughs> that is literally the brand. <laughs> no, mom. Bless her cotton duck, but she watches. She listens to every episode and gets very Aww. annoyed when she got very upset when that we changed the up um upload date for, to a Monday other than a Wednesday. She was very annoyed. Oh no! She couldn't find it. She's like, but it's very confusing. I put time aside. No. Oh. <laughs> time aside. Oh no! She's so cute. That is cute. She's so cute. Oh, <laughs> She's ready. She's my, ready for some. My D&D. my parents have never listened to listen to this podcast, although. Um, my mom was on it once. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she briefly appeared. Yeah. yeah. Like it was a very brief, well, because every every episode, I always say a nickname that I've been called in the past. And one of the nicknames that I gave was Poochie Ratbag, <laughs> uh, which is the name that my mom used to call me. She still calls me that actually sometimes, but she's Aww. called me that like my whole life. It's just a cute nickname that she thought was really funny. And it was... <laughs> I don't know why the rat bag is particularly poochy, but it is. That's, that's what she came up with. So, the, but so Jasper and just did not believe. I still can't. It's like literally. This has been this has been out in the open for weeks now, and every time I hear it, it just sends me off the rails. It's so so I went and at the end of the episode, I walked up to my mom with the microphone and was like, "Mom, did you, you use to please you confirm poochy rag?" But yeah, and she was like, "Yep." And then yeah. you could just hear on the on the podcast you, me and Yunati just losing our minds whilst trying not to be rude to Jeremy's mom because it's just it's just too funny. Wait, like say it in context. Like like would she be like? How did she say she it? Was it like, like poochie rat bag time for dinner or like yeah. Oh, ah, little my little poochie wet bag. Poochie Like time to go, poochie rat bag. I, I, can, I can't say the level of happiness it's bringing me that we managed to get poochie rat bag onto Dragon Talk. This is I, phenomenal. Can you can you like identify me in the title of the episode? We're definitely poochie rat bag is. I mean, I feel like we're gonna have to stat up. Poochie rat bag. Like yeah. I feel like this yeah. is yeah, that's so Poochie's a character. Poochie rat bag. The next character I play is gonna be Poochie rat, rat bag. Poochie rat bag is gonna become a very famous NPC in everybody's campaign. Poochie and the rat bags. It's a bag of it's a bag of rats that are it's like fat. It's like poochie. Like is that I, no? I, I've always <laughs> seen. I've always envisioned it as P O O C H Y. So like dog. Like oh. Like, oh. Wait, that doesn't make it. Does that mean it's really friendly? Like it's just a bag of really friendly rats that wag their tails. Like little collars. Did you ever ask her? Like, have you ever like? Why did you call me Poochie Rat Bag? Just curious. I think she kind of explained it on the podcast, and she just thought it was a cute nickname. Yeah, I mean, if you divorce all those words from meaning, yeah, it's it's cute. I kind of feel like yeah. we need to fig- we need to figure out what everyone I guess we used to do this all the time at school. Like whenever you uh, like say a saying, it's like, oh, what does that look like visually in your head? Like I really mm. want to know what people envision when they think of a poochie rat bag. <laughs> I just see Jeremy. Like, if you to actually be stop for a minute and think, it's like, it's very what cute. Would that be? It's just so fuzzy and fluffy, and it's a yeah. rat bag, and it's poochie. <laughs> 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 Just imagine, like you open the bag and a bunch of rats go look up at you, going, "Wait, no, that's not what rats do." Yeah, rats do not do that. Yeah. It's fantasy. They can do oh, it. Fantasy rats. Fantasy rats. 
in an official D and D release, there should be an item called the Poochie Rat Bag. The Poochie Rat Bag, <laughs> and you can hold. You, I, you can. This is canon. You can hold an infinite yeah. number of of rats in the, yeah. in the bag. Yeah. Poochie yeah. Rat Bag of Holding. It's, it's a bag of holding. Like just... Well trained rats. Gotcha. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 They refuse to do combat, but they'll fetch things for you. And maybe you can have an advantage on some Christmas, like, you know, when you get a couple rats out of the bag and, you know, you get an advantage on a Christmas throw or something. Oh, uh, the rat's yeah. out of the bag now. I guess yeah. we have to make this item. <laughs> <laughs> it's just rats a poochie bag now. It's just a poochie bag. <laughs> it's just a poochie bag. Well, I'm so glad that we, all of us, just broke down. <laughs> for, for yeah, poochie I bag. actually, I got some tears going. I got some that tears was, going too. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you uh, for coming on Dragon Talk. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing with uh, Three Black Halflings. And uh, what if people have been listening and want to follow along and, and listen to all the hilarity that can ensue when the three of you are on mic, uh, how, what's the best <laughs> way for them to start following along? Uh, so um, everything, we've tried to make everything as simple as possible. So if you want to come find us, it's at TB Halflings. Uh, so we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at TB Halflings. Uh, we're also on Twitch. Uh, we stream currently uh, once a month. We do a live stream of a campaign setting uh, in the Wagadu Chronicle setting, um, which you should definitely check out if you haven't. Um, but that's at TB Halflings. And then we're also on Patreon as well. Um, we uh, do like bonus episodes. We do little rundowns of the campaign settings. Um, there's even a little NPC raffle on there. It's quite fun. So um, yeah, uh, and we're also a Discord as well. We also have a Discord where mm. we get together with our community. Oh, and nice. There is a fantastic meme page which every day is being hit up with some truly oh. top quality memes. Mm. So definitely come join us nice. on the uh, on the Discord. And you can find links to that um, in the um, in like our bios and stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So yeah, come find mm. us, come hang out. Um, yeah, it would be and the podcast. We can you can get the podcast wherever podcasts are sold yes, or downloaded. I guess or available, everywhere. distributed. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Three black halflings. Uh, we need a laugh. Podcast. That so. was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The we actual, do that. The actual well. thing that <laughs> we, we actually do. do a podcast. <laughs> um, That's great stuff. And then, yeah. 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 Awesome. <laughs> Available exclusively on title. <laughs> <laughs> it's already being downloaded to your Apple iPhone right now, <laughs> a la that U2 album. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about finding us. We found you. It's already, <laughs> already <laughs> have it. So. There's already a You have to try and play literally everything else and it will just play us like that's all that's gonna happen on your iphone <laughs> for the next like hour everybody listening to this is gonna get a poochie rat bag delivered to their house but if you sell more poochie rat bags and you work your way up uh, it's a whole scheme oh it's, it's like a pyramid scheme you, yeah it's a pyramid scheme to sell like poochie rat bags we need, we're gonna Included need some fan some art feed. There's feed as well attached that you can give to to feed the poochie rat bag. <laughs> yeah. So you as have to, to feed you know, it. avoid. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a rat bag. Rat bags don't feed Obviously. Rat bags don't feed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like, I generally don't think we could do a better advert for the show than this because this is what happens this, every single this, episode is exactly yeah. this. I love it. And that is why it's great. Tangent. It is a wonderful we three escape. black train wrecks. <laughs> we do it all the time. We literally do it all yeah. the time because it is. Well, thank you the, for. The I had to try and cut out. Thank you for coming on Dragon <laughs> Talk and breaking it's me gold. and Shelly. 
<laughs> we, we really we needed that. Uh, I think we did. We all needed that. <laughs> um, You're the best. But 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 no. But thank you so much for having us on. It means an incredible amount. We feel like we're just on the start of a hopefully a truly epic adventure um, mm. and an unexpected journey, if you will. Yes, uh, indeed. Um, and so it's it's just really it's just really awesome to be to feel like we're a part of this community and um, spread some love and some laughter and some joy and yeah. Thank you. You're doing it all. We're glad and you're here. You are uh, a big part of it. So thank you. And uh, we'll give a big hug to Poochie. Uh, uh, oh, bring it in. To, come here, Poochie. Come here, Poochie. Wonderful people. You should all check out the podcast uh, when you can and contribute to the conversation because they have a lot to say about uh, Dungeons & Dragons and making characters and uh, all of the fun D&D pop culture stuff they do while uh, talking about it. So jump in. That so, I, I can't stop laughing still thinking about <laughs> we. That was just pure delight. Face hurts. It was. Ah, Yes. That has been happening a lot with our interviews, where my face is actually in, in pain from all of the hilarity that ensues. What does that say? We're just not <laughs> we don't we're just not entertained by our small circle of people anymore. We're just done. <laughs> it, it could be. It could be just we, we're concentrating all of our joy into the hour or so that we get to talk to people for Dragon yes. Talk. But we save it all up for Dragon Talk for you people. That's right. Burning those calories in our face muscles by oh. uh, doing this. I'm going to have mashed potatoes for dinner tonight. Burn so many calories. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze uh, all of the boxes of wine that are left over that need to be squeezed uh, and try to get a few drops you out get of them. Get that juice out. Those grapes didn't die on the vine for nothing. <laughs> they died for me. They actually didn't die on a vine because then they wouldn't be used. I don't know how wine works. <laughs> I don't either, but I'm guessing you don't use dead grapes. <laughs> 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 it reminds me of a little uh, uh, one-liner joke from uh, from Mitch Hedberg, uh, where he says, "I saw I saw a dude on the corner. I saw a wino on the corner. He was eating grapes, and I said, dude, you gotta wait.' <laughs> <laughs> such a stupid joke, but it gets me every time. <laughs> you <gotta wait. laughs> dude, you gotta wait. <laughs> I'm gonna say that now every time I see someone eating grapes. Yeah, you gotta wait. You gotta wait." Uh, but you don't have to wait to learn about Dungeons and Dragons because you can head to DungeonsandDragons.com or download Dragon Plus onto your mobile phone or check out that content on DragonMag.com. I haven't checked in a while, but I'm pretty sure my short story is still available there for you to check out from last uh, issue. Uh, it tells about the adventures of Dharma Fizzbottom in Icewind Dale, and it's a uh, whodunit story. Um, in a, a D&D, the D&D universe. So check it out. I, I'm super proud of it, and I want more people to read it, if you can. Also, there is a, a lot of gifts that you can grab for the D&D people, people on your list, um, and that is Including available on yourself. Dragon Plus, an entire guide of all of the you know, licensed apparel, books, miniatures, accessories, uh, all the things that you have been wanting Throw in your life. Throw pillows. Throw pillows. I love those throw pillows. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff. The blankets, the socks. Yep. The t-shirts. Name it. Yes, I got some of those. I know. There's really great stuff. And that's all available on Dragon Plus uh, with links to buy, uh, you know, because now's the time to get those gifts in. 
uh, and uh, deliver it to the people that you love most, which are all D&D fans, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's why we love them. Exactly. Give a follow to me. I'm at Greg Tito on Twitter and Greg underscore Tito on Instagram and... Me. I am at Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. Join me. Join us. Join the conversation. Yes. Talk to (laughs) us. It is awesomeness. Tell us what's on your holiday list. You know what? We asked people to uh, show us the recipes that they've been making from the Heroes Feast cookbook, and they have been, and I have been loving it. We have a very uh, culinarily gifted community, so keep those coming, too. And also, I love Christmas, so if you want to show off your Christmas decorations, I want to see them. They're very cool. Any any holiday theme, just just send it my way. I get really excited for all the holidays. Anything winter. There's there's a lot to be excited about for the next uh, month for all those reasons. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, now it is time for us to turn to the adventures of Trunky Tissues. <laughs> so Drunky hears. Uh, Something along those lines coming uh, from below decks. Uh, which you interpret as being like, is that you? Is that you? <gasps> okay. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, you know skipper of this boat's got his hand on his uh, the hilt of his short sword, and he says, uh, you know, he had just saying, I'm going to have to ask you to get off this boat, but then you hear <laughs> happening from below decks. Okay, and there's the there are two of them. There's the skipper and there's about many? six people on this oh, boat. God damn. Okay, how close am I to the the door to get under? The boat? Uh, fifteen feet. He's, make a run. he's within I'm, five feet in front of you. You make a run make for a, it. I'm making a run for it. Okay, well, it's that's initiative. If you're gonna if you're gonna go towards his boat. Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, you go first. Uh, so yeah, you rush towards the door. And um, it is, you know, kind of on a smaller. It's not a very big door, right? You know, it's like on a, it's on a not super huge boat, right? So it's, it's, you know, you know two feet wide and thing. But you're able to kind of, and it, it gets open. But you're at that door, all right? Yes. Um, the guy behind you says, "Get her!" No. Oh. And uh, two of the uh, sailors kind of drop what they're doing and 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 come at you. Uh, one of them pulls out a dagger. And uh, he tries to grab your hand. Um, so he's going to make an opposed uh, grapple check. Um, so roll me a um, roll me strength. See if he's able to pull your hand before you. Six. Six. Well, I rolled a six. Uh, <gasps> he's got a bonus, so he gets a, a oh, damn. an eight. Uh, so yeah, he grabs a hold of your hand before you're able to kind of op- get the door uh, fully open and go in. I'm kicking it. And chortling. Oh, okay. So you're chortling some more. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, the other uh, turns. They kind of kind of surround you, and they all have got um, uh, uh, knives pulled. So you're kind of you're kind of there. Your doofy friend, though, yeah. kind of goes. Oh, I didn't know this was going to be a fight. I'm screaming, "Help me!" Uh, he. Uh, okay. Uh, and he <laughs> kind of picks up a uh, an oar and uh, kind of walks toward them, and he looks like he's about to swing it uh, at um, one of the opposing sailors. We'll pick it up next time. 
Oh, I didn't. I got carried away. Didn't really think this through. Drunky, is that you? That's what you hear from below. Are you kidding? Mm -hmm. Sounds like Daryl. It's a holiday miracle. We're going to have a a tabaxi reunion before 2020 is over. I hope so. Then it's going to be Drunky and Daryl. Can't wait. In like a buddy cop tabaxi story. Home for the holidays. (laughs) Home for the holidays. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.